The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. There are many things believers need to learn that they are not learning. And we can't just be staying with the things we have taught you. After a while, we move on. So, like I said, today is a dedication Sunday. Many Christians don't know dedication, don't practice dedication, don't live dedication. So this is something you are going to be introducing. You've got to learn what it means to be dedicated to God, committed to God. And that's what we want to do this Sunday. God gave us a word for the second half of the year. I hope you have received it for yourself. I hope you have committed yourself or dedicated yourself to it. That's part of what we want to teach you today. Things don't work. I will show you in the course of the sermon the way they ought to work. In many believers' lives, because dedication is missing, they are praying quite all right, but they are not praying in a dedicated manner. They worship God quite all right, but they are not worshiping God in a dedicated manner. They serve God quite all right, but it's not dedicated. It's not committed. And many times that's why what ought to be in their lives is not there. So please learn this thing. Learn it, learn it, learn it. Like for years we taught you to learn thanksgiving. Some people don't enjoy God because they are not thankful, grateful people. They've not yet learned the place of being thankful to God, regardless of what is going on. And that's why we have Thanksgiving service. So our next Thanksgiving service will be um, in the month of August, the last Sunday in August. So God said we should serve him. Praise the Lord. And what we want to do as a church is to make sure everyone that comes to this church has a place or a platform, finds a place where you are actively serving God with all your heart, and you are dedicated to it. Not that you do it today, you don't do it tomorrow. That's what I mean by dedication. That's the way some people do God. Do it today, don't do it tomorrow. Do it today, don't do it tomorrow. Do it this month, don't do it last month. There is no consistency. This is January to July. You, you can't see that track of consistency. And that's why sometimes what God promises doesn't work. I'll show you that later in the sermon. So um, we want them to give everybody this slip. There are four platforms. So ushers, if you have your own, can you wave your hand? We want them to give you. If you don't have your own, raise your hand. Ushers will give you. Please. So if you don't have, if you are seated, raise your hand. Um, some of us don't need to feel it. You're already serving actively in the areas where you believe God will have you serve in church. If you are in that category, what you not just need to do is to do it better. Commit to do it better. Pastor T, preach better. Lead this church better the second half of the year. Um, do whatever you're doing better. Don't do it the way you used to do it. So that's what serving God means. So those of you that are already serving. This sleep is really for people that are not yet engaged in active service. And if you look at the slip, we will still talk about it at the end of the service. Um, some of you even know already where God is dealing with you to start serving him in church. So you can look for it. We have four small categories of small groups in church. Only three are on this slip. The fourth one is not necessary. That is your home church groups. We already told your resident pastors to get in touch with you or to invite you to be a part of the group. If, they are not, if they've not done that, hopefully they will do it this week. 
That's the first place you can serve God. Then you can serve God in our service groups. That's what we mean by service teams. You can serve God in our management groups. That's what we mean by committee and peer groups. You can serve God in our parachurch groups. So try and find one. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just find a place where you can connect to in church. I think if you can't find one place, you need to examine yourself. Maybe you are the one that has the problem, not the church. Because there are so many groups here. You can start from somewhere. And ultimately, it has to be about you and God. Nobody can force you to serve. All these things we are doing is just to help you. You are the one that is going to make a decision on whether you want to do these things we are teaching you. And I can guarantee you, if you do them, learn them, do them, your life will be better. Your life will be better. That's why we are taking the time to teach these things. Can I hear a loud amen? Amen. All right. So let's um, bring our teaching series on knowing Jesus to a close today. Um, We've mentioned from the beginning, I'll get into the word now, then we'll come back to this at the end of the service. You need to know Jesus. And specifically, we are talking about knowing him as in your life reflects him. That's the litmus test. Not that you come to church. Devils come to church. Thieves come to church. So coming to church is not a badge that I know Jesus. Not that you preach the sermon. No. There are, there are wolves in sheep clothing. Paul was telling the, the leaders in the Ephesian church, hopefully we'll get that into the sermon today. I have so many things I want to cover today. God will help me. Said after I depart, there will be wolves that will come among you, from among you. So the, the proof is living your life like him. Living your life like him. The Bible lets us know that Jesus was a template. Glory be to God. Um, let, let, let's look at that text again. This is what we want you to be like. Acts eleven twenty six. Acts eleven twenty six. And when Barnabas had found them, he had found them, had found him. Barnabas had found Saul. He brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught. Barnabas and Saul came to Antioch, came to the church and taught. You will see what they taught in a minute. They taught a great many people and the disciples, the people that learned what they were teaching them, were called Christians in Antioch. That is what we are talking about here. Before Barnabas and Saul came to Antioch, they were not called Christians. What does it mean to be called Christian? Christ-like. Their lives were not like Jesus. But after teaching them for a year, what were they teaching them? They were teaching them about Jesus. They were teaching them about Christ. Pretty much what we teach in church. Last Sunday we said Jesus is the eternal word of life. And what we preach from every Sunday in church is the word of God. So what we are preaching every Sunday is Jesus. Specifically in the last two months, we've been looking at certain qualities that Jesus demonstrated and is still demonstrating. And we are telling every Christian, be like that. Be like that. That's what these people did. And that's what the name Christian is. Sometimes it's good to go to the genesis of things. So you can understand how it came. Christian is not somebody that came to church. No. The church was there before 
um, Paul and Barnabas came to Antioch. Paul and Barnabas did not start the church in Antioch. But when they came, God gave them that revelation, start teaching these people to be like Christ. Tap your neighbor and say, be like Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's why they start calling them Christians. Ask your other neighbor for me, are you a Christian? Praise the Lord. Now, today our theme is that Christ is our wisdom from God. Christ is our wisdom from God. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24. 1 Corinthians 1, 24. Last Sunday we said Jesus is the eternal word of life. When you know him, the word or the promises of the word will become real to you or more real to you and they will be reflected in your life. And I made a powerful statement last Sunday. It's, it's, it's necessary to repeat it. To know Jesus, you read the word, study the word. To be able to know the word or understand the word, you need to know Jesus. It's a cycle. So the more I commit to being like Christ, I'm specifically mentioning five things that Christ is, that your life should be like. Number one, Christ is an intercessor. He's a prayer. He's a prayerful person. If you are not prayerful, you are not like Jesus. You are not yet living like a Christian. Number two, oh sorry, number one is Christ is a soul winner. Number two, Christ is an intercessor. Number three, Christ is a servant. So Jesus is a servant. He's a servant. If you are not serving God and you are not serving men, don't let anybody see you. You are not living like a Christian. You are not. It's my job as a pastor to tell you. And I can guarantee you, your life will be better if you will start serving God and serving humanity. That's what we are trying to get you into today. Number four, Christ is a generous giver. I said that yesterday, I, will, I want to finish it again today. And the fifth one, I've not given you this one, because this all, this what it all rolls up into, Christ is a lover. Jesus loves, loves people. Praise the Lord. So when you watch this, please, this is what we are saying. Those themes I've been giving you the last three Sundays. Last Sunday we said it's the eternal word of life. When you start living like a soul winner, when you start living like a, a prayerful person, which is what Christ is, the promises of God and the word of God will come real and they'll be more manifested in your life. Previous Sunday, we said Jesus has the name above all names. You and I should be able to mention that name and demons will treble like Paul did. But you won't be able to use that name or benefit in the power of that name if you don't know Christ as you ought. And we saw that in the example of the seven sons of Siva in Acts chapter 19. They said, we adjure you by the name of Jesus that Paul preaches, but it didn't work for them. Why? They didn't know Christ like Paul knew Christ. Some people are confessing the word, praying the word, but it's not working as it ought because they don't know Jesus. Today we are talking about wisdom. Some people are trying to operate in wisdom, but... Not growing in Christ. These things work for you. The wisdom of God will work for you. Say it with me. The wisdom of God will work for me. In fact, declare it in faith. The wisdom of God is working for me. Because I'm living like Christ. Christ is our wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1.24. 
The latter part, Christ is the power of God. He didn't put is there, but just for you to flow. Christ the power of God, or Christ is the power of God. We are not emphasizing power this morning. And the wisdom of God. That's the one we want to emphasize. Christ is my wisdom. Praise the Lord. Verse 30 of the same chapter, 1 Corinthians 1.30. But of him, of God, you are in Christ. Can someone leave the hands this morning and say, thank God I'm in Christ. Who became for us, Christ became for us, wisdom from God. And not just wisdom, righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. But we want to emphasize wisdom. Christ is our wisdom from God. Hallelujah. Wisdom. We did some extensive teaching about wisdom in the midweek services this month. Those of you that missed the service, please, I encourage you to go and listen to those messages. And learn to stop missing church services. Praise the Lord. Wisdom. Now, listen to this. Whatever challenges you are facing in life, particularly those ones you seem to be struggling with over time, whether it's a financial problem, a marital problem, a health problem, a career problem, a national problem like Nigeria, it boils down to a lack of wisdom. That's what it is. That's what it is. If they came to um, Jeff Bezos today, that's the new world's richest man, and they say, we need a million dollars or even a billion dollars, and they gave him that problem. By this time tomorrow, Jeff Bezos knows what to do to get a billion dollars. You don't know. At least it has not been reflecting in your tithes. So I think I can say you don't know, except you are not tithing. You don't know. Why don't you know? You don't have the wisdom Jeff Bezos has. You can't build a company like Amazon yet. Praise the Lord. Now, wisdom is not just for money. Some couples are fighting left, right, and center. It's a lack of wisdom. Sometimes when I counsel couples and they tell me why they are fighting, I'm like, ah, that's what happened to Pastor India and I two months ago. We did not fight. Praise the Lord. That's what happened to us last year. We didn't fight. It's wisdom. So when the Bible tells you Christ is your wisdom, you better pay attention. In the series we did during the midweek, wisdom for life. That's what wisdom is for. Wisdom is for life. Praise the Lord. And, and what does it mean that Christ is the wisdom? When, when you look at Jesus, this is why you need to know Jesus. When you see Jesus, when you know Jesus, and when you are consciously living your life to be like him, not that you are ignoring what Jesus is revealing to you, not that you are not paying attention to what the pastor is teaching you in church so you can live like Jesus. When you are being like him, the wisdom that he is will begin to manifest in your life. Somehow you will know what to do in your marriage so that you and your wife do not have to be fighting. Somehow you will know what to do so that you will always have the financials, finances you need to meet your needs and to pay your bills. Somehow you will know what to do to keep your body in health and in check. You will know what to do to handle the affairs of life. Why? Christ is our wisdom. You have Christ, you have wisdom. You don't have Christ, you don't have wisdom. Let's put it in line with what we are saying. You live like Jesus, you will manifest wisdom. You don't live like Jesus, you will not manifest wisdom. Are you with me this morning? 
Colossians 2, verse 9 says that in him dwells all the fullness of God. That's an amazing statement. And you are complete in him, verse 10 says. So all the wisdom of God, and of course it's not only wisdom, all the power of God, all the righteousness of God, all the glory of God is in Christ. Now this morning we are focusing on wisdom. All the wisdom of God is in Christ. That means all the wisdom that we ever need for my financial challenges, they are in Christ. All the wisdom I will ever need for my marriage, for my academics, for my career, they are in Christ. Hallelujah. All the wisdom I ever need to live well, successfully in Nigeria, it's in Christ. Praise the Lord. So the more I know him and be like him, this is where we are going. The more of that wisdom I will be able to tap into practically, practically now. Not something that is hidden inside my Bible. Practical day-to-day living. It's also important to know, look at this text. James chapter 3. Hallelujah. James chapter 3. Wow. I thought I had that text in my notes. Okay, I will, I will look for it. Um, I'm very sure I put it in my notes. The devil is a liar. Okay, I have to go into my Bible now. James 3, I believe is verse 17. Said the wisdom that is from above. That's an amazing statement. The wisdom, in fact, let's read from verse 13. So we, we can put what he's saying in context. James 3 and 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness and wisdom. So if you are wise, it will be displayed. Hallelujah. Then he said something in verse 15. This wisdom does not descend from above. He's going somewhere here. Watch this. But it is earthly, it is sensual, it is demonic. For where there is envy, self-seeking, where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first of all pure, then it is peaceable. If you look at that very carefully, it's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. It's talking about the character of Christ. It is gentle. It is willing to yield. It is full of mercy and good fruits. It is without partiality. And it is without hypocrisy. Hallelujah. Now, watch this very carefully. God told me to tell somebody this. There is wisdom from above. This is the wisdom 1 Corinthians 1 is talking about. Christ has been made unto us wisdom from above. The heavenly wisdom. The God kind of wisdom. The wisdom that has an answer to every question. Including the questions you are dealing with. The wisdom that has a solution to every problem. There are certain things that doctors cannot figure out, medically speaking. But can I tell somebody this something this morning? God knows exactly what to do. Hallelujah. It is the wisdom from above. But watch this. That's not the only wisdom available. Look at that verse 15 again. There is earthly wisdom available. There is sensual wisdom available. And there is demonic wisdom available. This is Africa. Have you ever heard of stories of people that did blood money or did ritual sacrifice to make money? That's demonic wisdom. What is sensual wisdom? The wisdom, the, the things I feel like doing. 
Ah, my wife talked rudely to me, and I feel like giving it back to her. And you come up with a strategy. This is what I'm going to say. This is what I'm going to do. Sensual wisdom. And then there's earthly wisdom, the way we do it in Niger. So the guy wants to get a government contract, and he goes to give a bribe. Ah, you've not settled them in the office, and you think you're going to get a contract. That's earthly wisdom. And this, listen to me. This, God said many Christians... Because they are not walking in their access to divine wisdom, many of them have resulted to living by earthly wisdom. Don't move too much. They won't know I'm talking about you. Wow, it's been a long time since I said that. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I guess it's a beautiful situation. They have resulted to earthly wisdom. Some have resulted because there's no access to divine wisdom. Godly wisdom. Some people are, they are running marriage with sensual wisdom. Sensual, what you feel like doing. Your senses. Then some are running life with demonic wisdom. Hopefully nobody here. And it's because Christians are not taking time to grow in Christ. Be like Christ. This is the only way you're going to get this thing. The wisdom is in Christ. Hallelujah. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? The, Jesus knows how to fix all your financial challenges. But God has told us in this church, I will pay everybody's bill. Now, let me address something about that. Some people now means that you should now dump your responsibilities on church. No. That's not what God meant when he said that. Of course, church will be there to help you. And that's why we ask people, you shouldn't be going to a prayer and you can't tell your church. You shouldn't be going to a challenge and you can't discuss it with your pastor. Financial or otherwise, particularly when it overwhelms you. But the church is not God. Hallelujah. But God can fix everybody's financial problems. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. God can give you a divine idea that your generations forever will never be broke. He has that wisdom. God can heal every disease. Glory be to God. I feel the healing power of God just saying it. God can heal every sickness. He is that wise. He is that all-knowing. And his wisdom that has power with it. So even if there's a devil trying to keep you sick, not only does God have the wisdom, he said Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Praise the Lord. We access it through Christ. And a vital part of that access is us being like Jesus. Following Jesus. That's what he told his disciples. Follow me and I will make you. Hallelujah. Matthew 4.39. He said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Think about this for a minute, please. Let's not forget what happened here. These were fishermen, illiterate, unlearned men. I I, I think Jesus picked them deliberately. He could have gone to the leading universities of his day. There were seminary schools there. There were men of God like that there. But he went to unlearned, uneducated people, and by them following him, the Bible told us one day, they saw Jesus praying, they noticed, and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. So they learned to be prayers. Because they saw praying, is, this is what makes this man. And they were prayerful people. In the book of Acts, we were learning this yesterday in the Bible school training, when the church exploded, 
and they were now telling the apostles, come and start serving, meeting the needs of people. They said, no, no, we can't do that. We have to give ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. They knew praying, interceding was what makes Christ. They stayed with prayer. Stayed with prayer. Didn't allow the day-to-day needs of the church distract them. Tap your neighbor and say, stay with prayer, stay with prayer, stay with prayer. Then this is what somebody else needs to hear. Tap your other neighbor and say, develop a prayer life. Develop. Be like Christ. Be like Christ. They followed him. And what happened? He made them. He made something out of their lives. These ordinary fishermen became world champions, world leaders. They turned the world upside down or right side up. And you can't do that without wisdom. So from ignorance and unlearned men, that's what they call them in the book of Acts, to people that were full of the wisdom of God. How did they get it? They followed him. That's what you and I are supposed to be doing today. I know there are many distractions and temptations. As part of why, like Pastor Wanda said, we need to learn how to fast so that there will be no temptation that will stop you from praying and from being a soul winner and all the other things we are talking about. So that you can be like him. So that as occasion, this, the, um, as, as occasion demands it, the wisdom you need can be on display. And so that you won't go and start doing earthly wisdom or sensual wisdom or, God forbid, demonic wisdom. You know, some Christians have gotten so desperate they will do anything. And some people have been led astray to walk into the path of the devil. And you see, it's not the day they walked into the path of the devil or sensual or earthly that the problem said, no, it's the day they failed to commit themselves. What we want to do today? To commit themselves to being like Christ. That's where the failure started. Many times it's not when the storm comes that the failure started. It's one year ago when Jesus was telling you, build your house, build your house. A financial storm is coming. Marital storm is coming, build your house. But you didn't hear. Or you didn't want to hear. And then when there's crisis, people now start doing earthly wisdom. And earthly wisdom will always fail you. Can I hear a loud amen? Amen. Sensual wisdom will never get you results. Can I hear a louder amen? Amen. Demonic wisdom, God forbid, it can even lead somebody to hell. Can I hear the loudest amen? Amen. What you need is the wisdom from above. For your life. For your life. And it is found in Christ. Again, I want to quote this scripture to us. 1 Peter 2.21. Listen to the words of Peter very carefully. I think I read this text last week, but it's so good, you need to see it again. For to this you are called. Because Jesus also suffered for us. And this is what we are saying. Leaving us an example. This is what knowing Jesus is all about. It's following the example of Jesus. Leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Like the apostles left their fishermen, fishermen business, and followed the steps, and he made them. God will make you. I said in your career, God will make you. Financially, God will make you. Maritally, God will make you. Academically, God will make you. And when God makes it, it can never fail. It can never break down. 
But it takes following his steps. Following his example. And this is the beautiful part. See, we are not telling you, go and figure out how to be like Christ. No! We are telling you Hebrews 12 too. You, you look at Jesus and you follow his example. Ah, you didn't get it right yesterday. Try it again today. You didn't get it right last week. Try it again this week. Keep your eyes on him. Looking onto Jesus. Put that text up for me. Hebrews 12 too. The author and the finisher of your faith. So you start by, okay, I came to church. But when I leave church, I keep my eyes on Jesus. I keep looking at these scriptures. I keep looking at the word. The word is Christ. Christ is the word. Oh, I may not be perfected yet, but let me just take another step. Take another step. Starting from where I am, looking onto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. So he rubs his grace upon you. All of a sudden, Peter now knows how to pray. Peter that could not pray before. All of a sudden, boldness is now imparted to Peter. Peter that was seen before. Why? They stayed with Jesus. Hallelujah. They followed him. Praise the Lord. So, who is Jesus? Number one, he is a soul winner. I want to challenge everyone in this church again. Get involved in soul winning. Praying for souls. Inviting people to church. Everybody should do that. Regardless of where you serve God in this church. Revelations 14 verse 15. That angel saw. Um, the, the angel opened John's eyes. And he said he saw Jesus sitting on a cloud. And the angel said to him. Revelations 14 15. Thrust in your sickle and reap. For the time has come. Hallelujah. For you to reap. Somebody said the time has come to reap. For the harvest of the earth is ripe. Declare that out loud. The harvest is ripe. This is the day to win souls. This is the week to invite somebody to church. This is the season where the church will explode in number. Because everybody in the church is inviting somebody to church. And following them up. Getting them established in church. Be a soul winner. Verse 16. So he who sat on the cloud, Jesus, frosting his sickle on the earth. And the earth was reaped. That is what Jesus is doing today, 29th of July, 2018. He is thrusting in his sickle into the earth and gathering souls onto harvest. That's what you should be doing, sir. On one level or another, with your life. To the degree you are doing that, you are following him. Being like him. And somewhere along the line, his wisdom will just find expression in your life. Because you are committed to being like him, not that because you went to Harvard. Some of you don't have money to go to Harvard. But bless God, the price has been paid for you to follow Jesus. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? In any case, the only thing Harvard can give you is earthly wisdom. But Jesus can give you divine wisdom when you follow him. Number two, Jesus is an intercessor. A prayer. He is prayerful. He is prayerful. You should be prayerful. More and more of you should be getting involved in the prayers we are doing in church. This church prays every day of the week. Well, practical, yeah, practically every day. Sunday morning too, we pray. You should learn to try and come to church early. We use about the first 10, 15 minutes to pray. Pray. Then personally pray, corporately pray. 
Hebrews 7.25, therefore he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since, this is the catchphrase, he always lives, always lives, forever lives to make intercession for them. Jesus is forever praying for us. You should be forever praying. You should be a prayerful person. That's what it means to be like him. To the degree you are prayerful, you are like him, you are following him. And in the place of that prayer, wisdom will come to you. Those of us that practice this know this one. And I'm talking wisdom from above. You will access wisdom in the place of prayer. But when you are not praying and you are now wondering why you are confused, I am wondering why you are no more confused than you look. I'm serious. Because all you have to do with now, because you are not following the steps of Christ, learning to be a prayerful person, all you are left with is earthly wisdom, sensual wisdom, demonic wisdom. Those things always bring confusion. They are not of God. Number three, Jesus is a servant. And this is what we want to do today. Somebody under the sound of my voice that is not committed to stewardship, you better hear me and hear me good. Get into stewardship. Serving God with your life. Your life. I'm giving you sound advice. Sound wisdom. Serve God. And serve men. I'm serving you today. People that led us in worship are serving. People that prepared this auditorium for us to have the service, they are serving. Serving God, serving men. People that followed up people, organized the bus ministry, moved people to church. What are you doing? Because to the degree you are serving, you 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 are being like Christ. To the degree you are not serving, you are being like the Antichrist. I told you about that spectrum. On one end is the Christ, on one, the other end is the Antichrist. This is who Jesus is. He is a steward. We studied Philippians chapter 2 last week. I don't have the time to go into that. But verse 5 again says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ. Who humbled himself and become a servant. And I'm talking about from your heart. And you grow in these things. You need to find out exactly where God will help want you to serve. Pastor T, you need to do it better. So we're not just talking serving God, giving God one by Jensen service. Mm-mm. Stewardship is the key. Hallelujah. For us in this church, God said, serve me. He whispered that wisdom to my ears. And what I tell you in the secret, announce it on the rooftop. Serve. I have grace for explosion. I have grace for elevation. I have grace for speed. Serve me. Matthew 23, 11. Now, talking about wisdom, watch this. Watch the difference between godly wisdom and earthly wisdom. And those of you that are stuck with earthly wisdom, watch the folly of earthly wisdom. Please watch this. This text is very powerful. It's a wisdom text. Matthew 23, 11. He who is greatest among you shall be your servant. 
And whoever exalts himself, verse 12, will be humbled, but he that humbles himself will be exalted. Watch what earthly wisdom says. Earthly wisdom tells us the greatest person here is the one that has the prettiest suit or the prettiest dress. This is how we think on the earthly. Who is the um, greatest person or the best person? The one that has the biggest car parked in the car park. The one that lives in the biggest house. The one that is giving the biggest offering. Hmm? Those things. That, that's earthly wisdom. That's how far it can go. But divine wisdom says no. The greatest is the one that is serving the most. See, they, they are miles apart. They are miles apart. They, they don't think on the same frequency. Earthly wisdom is the person that has that. Who, who is the greatest or who is the best? So it's not no. It's the servant. And nobody knows. So it's not the person holding the micro. He may not be the greatest servant. Only God knows. But earthly wisdom says it's, it's just those things. Tap your neighbor and say, go for the wisdom from above. And you will only be able to find it in Christ. You can't find it anywhere else. In Christ. And you will never be able to find it in Christ as you ought until you devote your life to following him. It's not enough that Jesus is blessing you, sir, ma. We started that at the beginning of this series. I know God just gave you a job. I know God just gave you a husband. I know God just gave you a breakthrough. I mean, one of our members just landed a massive contract. Massive contract. And but please send in your testimony because there are some things he put there that he may not want to share with the public. But, you see, Lagos State apparently is developing some theaters in Lagos. And I think about four of them. And they had been discussing with his company to come and set up some engineering things for them. They were talking about one. Then after a while, they said, okay, they will give them two. But even that two, they, they kept quiet for many times. And he said they just give them small money to start. But the week of seven days of glory. Hallelujah. In fact, he said when Pastor Kingsley came on Wednesday. And you know, at the end of Pastor Kingsley's message, he said some of you, you have dropped things you are believing God for. Go back and dust them up. Watch this. He said in that service, he made up his mind, we are going to go back. And it was the following morning they were going to start or something like that. But the following morning, the people that had not been talking to him for months contacted him and said, you know what, you guys come and start. And this time we're going to give you all four of them. All four of them. Hallelujah. Now, another powerful thing he said in that testimony is that during the seven days of glory, there was a seed he sowed towards Lekki Church. Just serving God, or he serves God towards what they were doing. He worships here, but he also does some things for the other installations. And the money he said they are making from that contract is more than the money they've made in the last seven years. May God give you supernatural speed. May God give you supernatural speed. See, these are things that we can't explain. And look, he said there are other engineers doing different things, but he's the only one that they gave all for. The other people, they give them just two of the theaters, another one, but him, they gave him four in his own area. All four of them. Don't worry, we'll get the details of the testimony and share with you. Praise the Lord. Serve God. Let me show you something here. Go back to John chapter 12. The text we started from when we started this series last month. John chapter 12, verse 21. Again, the Greeks came and said, Sir, we would love to see Jesus. And their request prompted Jesus to announce that it's time for me to go and die. So we said there's something powerful about wanting to see Jesus, wanting to know Jesus. 
And that's how we should be. Praise the Lord. Look closely at these three verses, Jesus' response here. And it's all connected to stewardship. You will see it here. Watch this. But it's not only stewardship, but watch this. Particularly because he mentions stewardship here specifically. Verse 24, John 12, 24. If you are there, shout a loud amen. amen. Tap your neighbor and say, listen very attentively. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Verse 25. Please watch the three verses. They are all connected. He that loves his life, he will lose it. But he that hates his life in this world, very strong words. He that hates his life in this world, he will keep it for eternal life. Verse 26. If anyone, anyone, my brother, my sister, that includes you. If anyone serves me. So what he's talking about from that verse 24 is stewardship. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. Praise the Lord. And watch the good news. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. I decree over you this season of your life, you will see the honor of God. You will experience the promotion of God. You will have testimonies of the liftings of God in the name of Jesus. But learn, learn what is teaching us here. Now, the first thing he said here is that you serve me like a seed that is planted. That's what we are talking about today, dedication. What, what does it mean by except a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies? Watch. You see, when you take a seed and you plant it into the ground... It is, if you don't dig it up, forever committed to that ground. What actually happens is that that seed will first of all die. Then the life inside the seed will now start coming up. And it will develop roots and become a plant. And forever, where you planted that seed yesterday is where it will be forever. Can I hear loud amen? It is committed to that spot. You don't see a tree that uproots itself after two years. Hey, I have been blessed in Nigeria. Now let me let them go and plant me in America. It doesn't happen. Of course, except agricultural, um, they are doing, they are relocating things. But the, the tree cannot uproot itself. It stays there forever. It's committed. It's dedicated. Hallelujah. And that's when it brings forth fruit. That's what he's teaching people here. Some of you are not committed to your prayer life. You're praying. There's no commitment. You're serving God. There is no commitment. You do it today. You don't do it tomorrow. You do it this week. You don't do it last next week. I, I was talking to one of our pastors today, this week. She, there are some things that I said, your team seems to have been slacking again. No. And this example, I told her, imagine coming to church and I'm not here to preach. That's commitment. There are many times I don't feel like coming to preach. But I don't do sensual wisdom. It doesn't work. You do divine wisdom. I, I don't feel like doing it per se. But I'm committed. I must be here. Sunday, Wednesday, or any other meeting, except I travel or so, I must be here. That's a seed planted in the ground. And that's when it works. Prayer, you must be there. Giving, you must be there. Not that you tied this month, you don't tie last month. You see, this dedication, that's the first thing he said. 
See, imagine if Jesus didn't die. Ah, I'm already doing healing ministry. Let me just continue healing them. Let me continue praying for them. No, but he, he hadn't brought his ministry to a place of commitment yet. The commitment was when he dies. And the moment you commit like that, it becomes forever. Hallelujah. That's what commitment does. It puts you in a place where you can be getting fruits forever. Praise the Lord. And he said, that's how you serve me. If any man serves me. Like this. Like this. Where whether you feel like praying, you, you come up and show up to pray. I do 5.30 a.m. pursuits. That's one of my own slots. I have two slots. 5.30 a.m. on Sunday. There are many times when I wake up at 5.30 a.m. I don't feel like coming. I don't feel like. It has nothing to do with feelings. I don't do sensual wisdom. I know commitment to prayer works. Commitment to seed sowing works. Commitment to stewardship works. Commitment to soul winning works. Commitment to anything. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. So we look at his example and we start following. Not in our strength. See, it's the grace of God that helps you to continue. But you, you, you flow with that grace. Can I hear a loud amen? Because grace is not going to force you to do what God wants you to do. Now, look at verse 24 very carefully. This is why some of us are not committed. This is why some of us are not consistent. The answer is there. It may not be a palatable answer, but it's there. If anyone loves his life, you, are, you love yourself more than you love God. That's it. Your feelings are more important to you than God. Your own dreams are more important to you than God. And what you have not figured out is God loves you more than you can love yourself. You have not even died for yourself before. So you don't even love yourself as much as you think you love yourself. But this is someone that has died for you. He said, hate your life. Hate your life doesn't mean you should kill yourself. You're just saying that, no, put me first. Put me first. And it's not like God wants anything from you. It's because God loves you and God wants to bless you. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. Hallelujah. So let's learn to pray with a commitment attitude. What do I mean? A seed sown in the ground forever attitude. A tree planted in the house forever attitude. Those that be planted in the house of our God. They shall flourish in his courts. Look for that psalm for us. Just came up in my spirit. Planted. Except a grain of wheat. You, you sow it into the ground. That's how we do God. That's how we do soul winning. That's how we do intercession. That's how we do stewardship. Hallelujah. Now let me get into my sermon for today. <laughs> all that was just. We've talked about all that one before. Jesus is a generous giver. This is where we stopped off. Let me, let, let me quickly go. Don't worry, I still have a little time. Mm. Look, God has delivered you guys. Whether I like it or not, the new must start their service by 10.30. So you don't even need to bind me. Just pay attention. Tap your neighbor and say, pay attention. Acts chapter 20. Quickly. Generosity. This is another thing we see about Christ. Acts chapter 20. Let me quickly rush through these other two things. And you do these things with commitment. 
Again, today is commitment Sunday. Those of you that you tight this week, you don't tight this. Hey, stop all that rascality. It's not helping you. Okay, you've been doing it for seven months now. How market? It's not working. And it will never work. Because at best, it is earthly wisdom. They don't do things like that in heaven. Give today, don't give tomorrow. Come to church today, don't come to church tomorrow. They don't do that. It's not heavenly. Acts 20, praise God. Verse 32, backdrop. Paul had to leave Ephesus because of the um, persecution that came in the church. The church in Ephesus had just experienced an explosion. If you read chapter 19, I have not given you guys assignments in a while too. Oh yeah, write this one down. When you get home, read Acts chapter 19. Those of you that are interested in learning. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 19. If you are not familiar with the text, Paul went to Ephesus, met six disciples. Let every cell leader in the house pay attention. Let every shepherd or resident pastor pay attention. Six disciples, six ignorant disciples, they didn't even have Holy Ghost. God then filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Bible said he started teaching them, and then they experienced an explosion. I prophesy over your life. You will experience grace for explosion in the name of Jesus. Not just in ministry and the things you are doing for God, in every aspect of your life. May your finances explode this season. May the joy of the Lord in your life explode this season. May the favor of God explode in your life this season. Some of you are not catching what I'm saying. What do I mean by explosion? I mean your 1 million will become 10 million. Your 10 million will become 100 million. Your 100 million will become 1 billion. Explosion. From 6, the ministry exploded and touched an entire continent in a space of 2 years and 3 months. Then the thing that happened with the seven sons of Siva happened. They got more explosion. And then the unbelievers in Ephesus now got jealous. Particularly the, the silversmiths there. Like, hey, Paul is chasing everybody away from our temple. They are now saying there's one Jesus. So they cooked up some conspiracy about Paul. So long and short, Paul's life was threatened and he had to leave. Hallelujah. Just watch this. Let me read verse 29 to you. I mentioned this earlier on. Please watch this. This is about knowing. This is where knowing Jesus is. Please watch. This is a church that had experienced revival. But look at the statement Paul made. It's not about coming to church. Some of you think that's all this Christianity is all about. As long as I show up on Sunday morning, I'm a Christian. You are not. At least not as you ought to be. I'm telling you the truth. That, that's my job. Oh, you are not. Don't wait till you get before God before you are not disappointed. You are, that's not Christianity. Christianity is following Jesus. Now, of course, we follow him to church. <laughs> Can I hear loud amen? amen? But don't just think because you show up on Sunday morning. We need to grow out of this thing that 700 people come to church on Sunday morning, 200 people come to church for midweek service. Something is wrong with that kind of Christianity. Oh. 700 people come to church in the morning. Prayer time, only five people are joining prayer meetings. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. Verse 29, I know this. After my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And this is what shocked me the most. Verse 30, also from among yourselves, inside the church, men will rise up speaking perverse things 
to draw away disciples after themselves. Verse 31, therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease, like I'm not ceasing here, to warn everyone night and day with tears. In the church. People with perverse motives inside the church. So everybody must really know Jesus himself. First one starts telling you one stupid lie. And these major five things I'm examining with you, it's not all there is, but it's a good place to start. The more prayerful you are, the more it will be difficult for somebody to come and deceive you. The more involved you are in soul winning, it, you, see, you will have wisdom when you do these things because you will know Jesus yourself. So he, he told them in verse 30, Brethren, I commend you, verse 32, sorry, I commend you to the word of his grace which is able to build you up, hallelujah, and give you an inheritance among those that are sanctified. That's what we were trying to talk about last week, the word of life. That's how we know him. And when we walk towards knowing him, following his example, being a soul winner, being an intercessor, being a servant, being a giver, being a lover, we will interpret and understand the word better. It's both ways. It will take the spirit of Jesus or Jesus himself opening your eyes to understand the Bible you are reading. And when you learn to follow Jesus by being an intercessor, you will understand the Bible better. Because you will have wisdom. Praise the Lord. He went on here. Verse 33. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. This is Apostle Paul talking. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those that are with me. Verse 35, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this. What does it mean by laboring like this? What he said in verse 34, walking with my hands. I'm not depending on other people. I'm responsible for myself. Even though I'm the apostle, even though I'm the apostle, not depending on the other, I walk. And we knew from records of scriptures and church history, he was a tent maker. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But watch what he taught us here. I have shown you in every way, by laboring like this, you must, not maybe, not when you feel like doing it, must be committed be dedicated to what I'm teaching you. You must support the weak. Somebody said that phrase with us this morning, support the weak. And remember the words of our Lord Jesus. This is very interesting. You will never find these words in the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That means Jesus taught Paul this by revelation. Remember the words of our Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give. Hallelujah than to receive. That's who Jesus is. He's the one that will rather give to you than receive from you. So he's giving you life. Can somebody say, I receive it? He's giving you health. Somebody say, I receive it. He's giving you favor this week. Say, I receive it. Jesus is a generous giver. And watch the generosity. Support the weak. People that don't have it. People that can't help themselves. That's where generosity comes in. People that they can never pay you back. You still give to them. You still lend to them. Support the weak. 
That is how every Christian should live, starting from where you are. Don't come and tell me that uh, when I become a millionaire. No, you will never become a millionaire if you think like that. You start with your cup of water. You learn to be generous, not just in material things. Be generous with your words. Be generous with your attitude. I lost something that happened today. Somebody brought a complaint. Someone spoke to him in church. He didn't like the way they talked to him. I called the other person that was involved. I loved it. That's how church should be. And I said, this person said so, so, and so. I know you didn't mean it. Before I could even finish, he said, don't worry, I'll go and apologize, and I'll sort it out. Be generous. Two of them, maturity and generosity. Some people, when they talk, they're like, before you know it, they will have slapped you. Are you talking to me like that? But that first person was, and he told someone that I didn't like the way this person talked to me. That's, that's it. And we talked to that person. I said, no, I don't mind him. I didn't mean it. Mm-mm. She didn't even allow me. He said, no, no, I'll, go and I'll, I'll address it. Always taking the low road and exalting other people higher. Hallelujah. John 3, 16, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Generosity. Gave everything he had. Romans 8.32, he that did not spare his own son. God didn't spare anything. How will he not with him also give us all things freely? 1 Timothy 6.17, trust in the living God who gives us richly all things. Hallelujah. Let's be generous. And we are talking about being like Christ. Listen, in that place of following Jesus to be generous, and you keep growing in it, keep growing in it, you will access divine wisdom that will change your life forever. Because in Christ is wisdom. And it's wisdom from above. Hallelujah. It all boils down to this, the fifth quality. Become a lover. Don't be a hater. And you claim to be a Christian. Don't be a hater. Don't be an angry person. Always bitter, always hungry. And you are saying you are following Christ. No, that's not Christ. That is actually closer to Antichrist than Christ. That's not Christ. Don't be someone that always harbors unforgiveness. What they did for you in 1990. Bro, we are in 2018. <laughs> and you know these temptations are there. How many people have fallen to those kind of temptations before? Somebody, I mean, they, they, they are there. But you see, what do you do? You look unto Jesus. Jesus loves. Revelations, watch this text. Revelations chapter 1. Talking about Jesus. This is what you and I should be like. Keep growing in the image of this. And I'm telling you, because Christ is the wisdom of God, the more you mature in this, the more wisdom you will have for life. You will never be stranded and you will never fail in life. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. Revelations 1.5, the latter part, Jesus Christ. So they are describing Jesus Christ to us, the faithful witness. They gave him many qualities here, many descriptions, many adjectives. The firstborn from the dead. The ruler over the kings of the earth. But this is my emphasis, to him who loved us. That, that's Jesus. And really, it should be to him that loves us because he's not dead yet. And washed us from our sins in his own blood. 
and he has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. And this is what I want you to see. So even though they use loved as in past tense before, watch how it ended. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So he is still loving us today. And he will be loving us forever. And that's how you should be, sir. Love somebody. And I'm not just talking your wife and your children. Please love your wife and your children. No. Or do I need to preach a sermon on that one too? <laughs> Some people need to hear that sermon. <laughs> but beyond that, John 15, let me close. If I rise on your feet, so I won't have to quote another text. Come on, rise on your feet, let's close. John 15, verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friend. That's what Jesus did for us. Hallelujah. But he now said we two should do the same. Verse 12, the same chapter. This is my commandment that you love one another. Please look at someone to your left and to your right and say, let us love one another. As I have loved you. What are you saying? Follow my example. Oh, okay. As Jesus has loved us. Because verse 1 says, I love you. To the sister he has been shadowing for... <laughs> So put that as Jesus has loved us. <laughs> following him. Following him. Look, that is the whole message of the Bible. John 15, verse 17. These things I command you that you love one another. There is wisdom from above available to every Christian. Every one of us. The more we follow Christ following him in his soul winning, following him in his intercessory life and ministry, following him in stewardship, following him in generosity, following him in love. That really wraps everything up. Because there are more than five qualities about Jesus. Because of time, we're only focusing on these ones. But everything is love. The more you love like he loved... Lay down your life like he laid down his life. Now, that doesn't mean you have to go and hang on a tree. But that means you can serve somebody with your time. Take time that is precious to you. Go out on soul winning and spend it on somebody. Take money. Money that, is, money that you should have used to buy a new suit. Give it to somebody. Or sow a seed in church. That, that's, low, that's laying down your life in practical terms in 2018. Take time to pray for somebody. I taught you one way you should pray. The thing you are going through, recognize that the other people in church that are going through it. Just take one hour from time to time and pray for those people. Love other people. Serve other people. And I am telling you, church, in that place of just being like Jesus, the wisdom that formed the world, hallelujah, and that is still sustaining the world, you will have access to it. Your life will never be the same. Lift those hands. Give him praise this morning. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. And make commitments. Make commitments. In a minute, we are going to take you through the groups, the small groups in church. You will make commitments. Make commitments. Somebody should make commitments to prayer this morning. You will pray like a seed in the ground. 
a grain of mustard seed in the ground. Personally and corporately, please, I want to stress the corporate part. You belong to a church. Find a pursuit session and commit yourself like a grain of mustard seed into the ground. And watch what God will do in your life. Commit to prayer. Commit to stewardship. Find a group in church. Join other believers. Start serving. Commit to soul winning. Let's do this thing together. Join Jesus. Invite people to church. Join some of the groups that are committed to following up people that come to church. Commit. 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 There's a wisdom in commitment. Come on, open your mouth and pray. I'm going to give you a minute or two more. Some of you don't pray when we ask you to pray like this. Please open your mouth and pray. When we preach the word, the grace that backs what we are preaching is on that word. And when you pray and you respond to that grace, it takes root in your life. Open your mouth and pray. That's why I ask you to pray many times when I finish preaching. You can't do this thing by yourself. It's by looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto him. So lift your eyes, look unto him and cry out to him in prayer this morning. I want to walk in divine wisdom. And I understand that by following Jesus, <laughs> I access that wisdom. Following Jesus, I access that wisdom. Being like Jesus. So commit, 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 commit. One more minute. I will keep giving one more minute until I'm satisfied in my spirit that someone has prayed. Commit, 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 commit. You can't do these things by yourself. You look unto Jesus, the author, the finisher. Come on, open your mouth and pray. Open your mouth and pray. Keep praying, church. Keep praying. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Put your hands down, everyone. But continue to pray. Continue to pray. Look unto Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Open your mouth. Pray. Focus on him. Jesus. Jesus. That part of you that I need to be established in, I receive grace to walk in that path. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00 Zero 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 six four zero.